This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. How do we usually begin these things? Well, actually, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, I was, you know, looking at a bunch of your pictures over the weekend, and um, I just wanted to know, like, what makes them so good? Like, how do you, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Isn't that a good question? I yeah, mean, it's God, genuinely it's, modest, everything. That's one of those good problems to have. No, I mean, oh. I, was, I was just, I was really looking at them and it was actually the photo of your daughter climbing the rock and you kind of um, gave uh, an explanation of not only the context of the other shots, but also why you took it into black and white. Um, so maybe we talk about black and white or maybe we talk about what makes your photographs so good. Um, well, that's nice. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I feel like I've been doing it for so long. If I wasn't getting better, I'd feel pretty lousy about myself. So that, that was good. Um, so why is my – I mean, I guess the question might be, is there anything different? Like, am I doing anything different than when oh, I started? Yeah. Um, I've recently been looking at my stuff from high school. And, you know, some of that was pretty good. I, I don't think I was – it was harder because we were shooting film and uh, it was laborious, and I didn't really like. I mean, I spent most of my childhood in a dark room, which explains the yeah. chemical Pale burns. Complexion. Yeah, right. But I. Um, I just thought you're part vampire. <laughs> I think that the, I've gotten better at seeing light, and they always tell you, "Oh, photography is painting with light." Uh, and it took till I was maybe forty before I was like, "Oh, it's like painting with light." Like I kind of. <laughs> Why do you say that? I get that. I get that a little more that it's not so much about the surface or the subject. I'm just looking at the way things are reflecting. I'm reminded um, there was a book called uh, Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain. Yeah, I've, I've read that. It, it's, it's super cool. And I remembered it would teach you that one of the problems when you draw is that you're seeing with your brain. And you look at something and you, I see a face. And so I draw a circle and two eyes and a mouth. And I think, oh, face, that doesn't look anything like them. And then they teach you to copy a picture by turning it upside down. And when it's upside down, you're not seeing it with your brain. It doesn't look like anything. You just see lines. Yeah. And if you copy those lines and you turn it back over, it's like, wow, it's like a really cool picture. So it's sort of like that, that when we first are looking through the viewfinder at a, at a scene as a photographer... At first, it's sort of uh, the things you know. It's you, and it's a tree, and it's a house, or whatever. Yeah. And what you eventually start to get, like a, like a drawing person gets, mm -hmm. is just seeing the shadows and the lights and the color and, the, and yeah. the lines and shapes and weights and all those other things that are out there in that scene. You've artificially put this frame around it. And um, so, yeah, so that kind of happened to me at some point. That was good. Yeah. That was a good thing. Well, it's kind of interesting. It's sort of that naturally that is how your brain needs to work for survival. You need to be able to see something to recognize it to sort of move on. But to become an artist, you almost have to push through that to look to the abstraction to sort or of to see. unsee to not see to unsee yeah, yeah exactly. to just to see and there's a kind of sort of seeing what's really there and, and this is one of those things that you uh, when I look at quotes by famous photographers mm -hmm. they often say stuff like um, photography is learning how to see yeah or I, I just actually posted something that said uh, a camera is a device for teaching you how to see without a camera oh 
whoa, I may need a minute to figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, whoa. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it, it's true. I think I see things differently because I'm so used – I mean, I look back at pictures of myself growing up. Yeah. I'm, and I'm in, with a, behind a camera in every single picture. That's amazing. And I thought, wow, I've, I've spent – 40, 50 years staring at things through this kind of frame, and I've just gotten very comfortable at seeing things that way, composing them on the fly. Actually, you know, I want to step back and talk a little bit about composing. I was out this weekend with some friends, and we were walking in Mill Valley to a a waterfall, Mm -hmm. and um, a guy who was wandering with who was looking and watching me take pictures as we were walking, and he's like, "What are you?" He's like, "What are you doing? Like, why? Why <laughs> yeah, do you?" I'm taking pictures. Yeah, dude. I'm taking pictures, dude. Yeah, and he's like, well, "Like, he had a camera. He's like yeah. holding it up, and I, he's like, and I thought for a second, what am I doing? Like, am I doing something different? Am I doing something teachable? Yeah. Or do I just say because all the instructions are just take your camera, take lots of pictures? But I'm not sure just taking lots of pictures gets you there." Um, so, you just need the analysis. You need to be able to sort of like see what you're doing and then say, you know, was that good? Was that not good? If you just keep taking pictures of everything without processing, don't you think it, it it's a it's a fruitless venture without the analysis? Or you just end up with a lot of stuff that isn't that good and it might be frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe randomly you'll hit something that's nice. Right. Even uh, a blind squirrel gets a nut? <laughs> no. So, so what, what I figured out was that there's kind of two ways I approach... And I think maybe everybody approaches taking a picture of something. Uh, and most people approach this f- the f- first way, which is I see a thing. I, I'm walking around. I see a thing, a subject, an act- action. I want a picture of that thing. I pull out my camera. And so it's you having dinner or the dog is doing something fun and chewing on. Th- so I, I pull my camera out and I put the frame around the subject. And if I'm good, I might move my body a little bit to kind of move them in the frame. But that... That this all of these things constitute the first kind of composition of a picture. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing something and I'm trying to get a picture of it, and it's kind of hard to do in the real world because things are moving. Uh, in fact, the only the best time to do it is like in a studio where you control the subject, where you can say stop. I'm going to, and then <laughs> hold I can still. hold still. I'm going to move around you or put your arm up or like that or a still life. Yeah. Like I'm taking a picture of a rock and yeah. that, it's not going anywhere, and I can. So that's what. Uh, Beginners are probably are are drawn to this because it's easy. The subject isn't going anywhere. Yeah. And if you want to practice, you can kind of move yourself around and, and see what you can pull off. And um, that's hard to do because by the time you see it with your eye, most things have moved on. It's a dynamic world, and that composition is challenging. Now, I like that. I mean, war <laughs> correspondents and journalists do that all day. Yeah. The world is happening. Um, there's no redos. There's no redos. And you get good, uh, Cartier-Bresson was a master, you get good at catching something. Yeah. But it's hard. And um, that isn't the way I tend to shoot. I shoot this other way, which is I'm wandering through the world. I'm not trying to take a picture of any particular subject, usually. Yeah. I'm just looking around at things. And I see at what I would best describe as a tableau, a okay. scene, uh, a, a tree and a thing, and a, the light is hitting it like this, and the building is doing that. And it's almost a great picture. You know, I could, I could imagine composing it, but what it's not is it doesn't have a, a folk. It doesn't have a strong action. It doesn't have any uh, internal conflict or dynamic of any kind. It's, mm-hmm. it's sort of a bunch of still things, sort of, right. that I've composed in the frame. Yeah. And what I do is I get that composition so it looks pretty good. Yeah. And then I wait to see if something will happen right in frame. Ah. 
and the odds are good that it something will happen. Yeah. I mean, depending on where you are, you, I can see outside of the frame. I can look away from the camera and see people are walking or birds are flying or whatever. A leaf falls. A leaf falls. <laughs> and I'm I'm composed and and I've got my exposures right and I kind of thought about what would look good and I've thought about where it would be great if something would happen. And I talked about this the other day, yeah. actually, of just like seeing everything but the guy sitting in the chair smoking the cigarette. Exactly. But this happens all the time. As I'm walking through the world, little scenes are composing themselves through my viewfinder all the time and they're equally kind of pretty and boring. Yeah. And what they all need is something interesting to happen and I will often pause for a moment and see if... For, my first pause is just to see if I can adjust the composition through micro movements in my lens and my body, up and down, left and right. Small motions make for huge differences in the composition. Yeah. But then I wait and see if a bird or a person walks in there. And when that thing happens, the net result is you look at my picture and you're like, oh my God, how did you yeah, get, you that, get that, that so perfectly? <laughs> yeah. But the, mo- many times I don't get it. Nothing yeah. happens, nothing came up, or it didn't happen where I wanted it. You just don't show those pictures. No, you'll never see that. And because <laughs> you weren't looking for the picture, you don't yeah. know what I didn't show you. Exactly. But I think that that's, that second way is the thing that you need to learn. It's it's way more manageable. And even if you're out in the street and there's dynamic things happening, stop and compose little scenes as you're going, I think. Just stop moving. And then wait and see if you can if something you like is going to happen in there. It, and it's a it's a... You know, there's give and take. Sometimes you sort of see something. A kid is playing over here in the street, and I'm going to move around, but I'm going to make a composition around them. Yeah. And then not sure what, when they're going to do the thing that's amazing. Right. You know? Just hope to catch it. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so that's my. those are my thoughts on, on the composition stuff. I do love that. I mean, I think it's... Um, I mean, we sort of touched on it uh, the other week as well, where it's just like, you know, make it great weight, but just being under being able to understand sort of the composition that's almost there, that's just missing something, and then being open to that opportunity or that um, happenstance or that, you know, unique moment. And that's that kind of gives that extra bit of tension and a bit of... Uh, movement. And then your hobby as a photographer is sort of like looking around for those moments of little tension, a little yeah. little vignettes out in the world. Um, I feel like you're almost describing like a photographic derive or something like that. You sort of just go, um, wasn't it a derive where you would like go a, and like the, those long walks without mm-hmm. any sort of sense of purpose just for inspiration? Isn't that life? <laughs> <laughs> is it life point. these long walks Why with no sense of... Why is there an artistic movement around this? It's just life. Um, but I mean, it's almost like you just, you kind of have the patience, like get your face out of your iPhone, walk around and just, and just look and be ready for those moments. Yeah, I think that's totally true. I, I mean, getting your face out of the iPhone, uh, if you're taking pictures on your iPhone or your phone, yeah. you are you still have your face sort of in your phone, fair I, point, I guess. Fair point, and yes. and there, I have some self-criticism about photography because you are inserting this object between you and the experience of life. And yeah. I think a lot of people become photographers. I, I know I probably became a photographer, at least in part because it's a way of dealing socially with awkward situations. You're both present and not present at the same time. Right. Uh, I feel like if I'm going to be half checked out, at least contribute something to the group by giving them a great <laughs> picture. <laughs> That's my general thinking about it. Uh, anyway, uh, why don't you try that out? I will. Thank you. And um, let me know how it goes. Will do. Thank you so much. Cool. And I will see you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Our show is recorded and produced in North Beach, San Francisco. For more information, photos, and show notes, go to www.neomodern.com podcast. And please leave a review and rating on iTunes or whatever service you use to listen in. That's super helpful for us. 
Thanks to jazz great Mitchell Foreman for our incredible theme music. We appreciate your attention and hope we've given you some things to work on and maybe think about. Until next time. <laughs>